0: Welcome to Move Forward Radio, I'm Jason Bellamy. When Andrea Parada ran her first marathon in her early 40s, she completed all 26.2 miles without pain. Imagine her surprise then when, only a few months later, she couldn't get out of bed, or get dressed, or brush her teeth without pain. Andrea had suffered a herniated disc in her lower back. Initially, she had hoped that it might get better on its own. But a few months later, after trying multiple treatment options, she began to worry that surgery would be her only course of action. That's when Andrea connected with physical therapist Bruce Wilk and told him that she didn't just want to live pain-free again, she wanted to be able to run again. In today's episode, we talk to Andrea and Bruce about her pain, her treatment, and her return to running. It's a story that's less about how to recover from a herniated disc and more about the value of trust in the relationship between a patient and a healthcare provider. Here's our conversation with Andrea Parada, and physical therapist, Bruce Wilk.
1: Andrea, take me back to January 2011. As I understand it, you ran in your youth. You kind of fall in love with running again. You're in your 40s at this point, correct? And yes. you kind of rediscover a love of running, and you decide you're going to run your first marathon. I kind of want to know, if you're going through that and rediscovering this love of running, and you complete your first marathon, how'd that go? What did it feel like?
2: Completing my first marathon was euphoric, Just eight months before, well, maybe 42 years before, I never imagined that I could even reach that point. Although I did run as a middle schooler and a high schooler, I never dreamed that I could be capable of running a marathon, but I just committed myself to it, and to cross that finish line was absolutely euphoric. It was a great race. Nothing went wrong. I never hit the wall. I was dancing at mile 21 with Mickey Mouse because it was a Disney World Marathon, and it was really an awesome experience.
1: So something that you hadn't done seriously for years, this is clearly an important part of your life at that point, and now all of a sudden you go from, can I run this marathon to setting a goal of qualifying for Boston, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And so then what happens after that?
2: Well, after the marathon, I continue to run, training as usual with my running partners and about 6 weeks later I woke up one morning and I couldn't move. The day previous I had worked out on some weights. I don't do crazy weights. I work with a trainer and I'm very careful, very conservative, and it was a perfect session I thought, but the next morning I could not get out of bed. I had such pain in my back and pain radiating down my left leg and I didn't know what had happened. I did not know what had happened. I had very limited mobility. I couldn't bend down. I couldn't get dressed. It was awful. It was awful.
1: So take me through then, what what do you do? Is it one of those things where you sort of give it 24 hours and see if it passes, or you go into a doctor right away? You know, kind of what happens there?
2: Well, this is March of 2011, and my memory is a little shady at this point, but I think what I did was I hoped that it would pass, and I waited a few days, and clearly it didn't pass. I honestly didn't know what to do except see a doctor, and I thought that since I'm a runner and since I lift, maybe a sports medicine doctor slash orthopedic surgeon would be a good way to start. So that's what I did. I made an appointment to see him.
1: And then what was the initial diagnosis, and what's the prognosis based on that?
2: He suspected it was a herniated disc in my lower back based on my symptoms and he ordered an MRI. He really couldn't tell me a whole lot about my prognosis except that a lot of people have herniated discs and they get better by themselves, but he didn't really know exactly until he saw the results from an MRI.
1: And he sees the results in MRI that at the point that surgery starts being proposed?
2: Not yet. He did say that it was a bad herniation, and he said that I definitely needed to take medication, a muscle relaxant. I needed pain relief at that point. I'm not a meds person typically, but since I did need to care for my children and I couldn't do it very well because of my pain and lack of mobility, I did, I did need some pain medication. And he told me to start with some physical therapy, but he did want a little bit of time to pass before we thought about surgery. But that was a very scary thought for me from the get-go anyway. I did not want to go there. I think it was when I saw him a second time that he was suggesting surgery.
1: Initially, it sounds like it was very debilitating. This doesn't sound like it was just a running injury or just something that was keeping you from doing the athletic things you loved. It sounds like it was really interfering with your day-to-day life.
2: It was truly a life injury. I could not do things that I normally could. It was hard to move. I couldn't sleep very well. I couldn't turn over in bed. I could not get dressed. I could not bend over the sink and wash my face or brush my teeth. It was really, really difficult. It was difficult to drive. I wish I didn't have to, but with children, you have to. It was difficult to clean the house. It really was truly debilitating. And as a mother, that's very scary. It's hard to live with that kind of pain. And my husband travels a lot for his job. So I was left alone with them, and then my daily routine working. I actually had to take a leave of absence from my job immediately after the injury because my job entails sitting at a computer, and I couldn't sit. I could not sit. So it affected every area of my life.
1: How worried are you that this is unsolvable or that it's going to take extreme measures like surgery or something?
2: I was very worried. I was very scared. I'm not a very patient person, so I wanted it to be healed yesterday and to have it continue and affect everything that I did, and I'm a very busy person. It was very scary, and I could not find any comfort. I started physical therapy. I started meeting with different doctors. I tried to find a solution. I did a lot of research. Most of the research says that you'll get better, that the majority of the times a patient will get better on their own without surgery, but I wasn't feeling better. I wasn't feeling better, and I tried all sorts of things from chiropractic to different physical therapists. I think I even tried acupuncture
1: once, but
2: nothing brought me any comfort.
1: So how, through all that, I mean, how long does it take before you finally connect with Bruce Wilk?
2: I was trying to think back on those days when I connected with Bruce. My injury was in March of 2011. I believe I connected with Bruce either late September or October, somewhere around there.
1: Of 2011?
2: Yes. So in terms of my mobility, it was definitely better. The pain was better. I wasn't quite as limited in my movements by the time I saw him, but I still couldn't run. And that was the main goal of mine is to start running again. And at this point, I had been told that I needed surgery by another neurosurgeon. And I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to go down without a fight.
1: So, Bruce, Will, let's bring you in now. What are your memories of first meeting with Andrea and when she comes in and she's facing surgery, doesn't want to go there, wants to run, can't run? What are your memories of her initial goals and kind of what you thought the likelihood was she was going to be able to get to them?
3: One, disc herniations are not running injuries. They're injuries that keep you from running. So there's two different issues in her goals. One was to work on this problem that's keeping her running, but also to work on this problem that's keeping her still from doing other aspects of her life beyond running. And the deal was, I'm going to give it my best shot, and if it needs to go surgical, I have called it surgical in my career and will help to get back to running post-surgically because I have a good track record and recollection of getting runners back to running after back surgeries. And I'll definitely fight the battle with you, but if I say, uncle, you gotta believe that. You don't wanna do something that's gonna create a neurological nightmare. I'm certain we talked about that at the very beginning and we were on board with that. It couldn't be work with me or have surgery.
1: And so, Andrea, is that your memory of it, too? I mean, how much do you think this is sort of the last gasp of your hope?
2: That's exactly how I remember it. I think that Bruce definitely wanted to help me, either without surgery or post-surgery, if that's where we needed to be. And I had seen enough physical therapists and doctors and Lord knows who else. I really felt a lot of trust, and I said, okay, I'm home, let's just see What we have to do.
1: Why was it different with Bruce? What was it that gave you that trust early on?
3: Can I answer it?
1: Yeah, please. Yeah, we began to work on lateral
3: shift, which is like commonly missing when I treat other people's back patients. They're so worried about forward bending, they don't do lateral shift. And Andrea was stuck in a lateral shift she would remember what direction that we started working opposite of it. And there was a loss of mobility that was consistent throwing her off that was never identified. Then the next thing that was also very clear was the loss of hip stabilization from the nerve damage that contributed to the lateral shift. So no one dealt with a lateral shift from an orthopedic and neurological standpoint.
1: So essentially you, you began to attack the the imbalances more quickly, maybe than rather looking at the pain first?
3: No. The best way I can describe it, and I've been there with others, is they think they're moving pretty good until I show them the asymmetry of lateral shift. Very much based in McKenzie, McKenzie and Bobath. You know, having a adult-onset scoliosis from a herniated disc that wasn't addressed. Forward bending was addressed but not lateral shifting. And the neurological component to that was never presented. So I showed her something that was still missing.
1: And how intensive did you expect her plan would need to be to get her pain-free, first of all, you know, sort of just operating day-to-day? And then how much farther was she going to have to go to be able to get to a point yeah, where she could when run get,
3: again? When I, when I get cases like that, it's not unusual. In the best of my recollection, we worked about two months normal function, and to have symmetrical mobility. And then we worked about another two months or longer to get back to normal running habits as it related to all those other things.
1: Andrea mentioned that running was really important to her, and I'm I'm curious as a physical therapist if those kinds of goals for somebody who, first of all, is just having still sort of problems in day-to-day life helpful to you because you know there's that motivating force, that reason to keep patients involved in their own recovery, or if it's danger factor because they may have unrealistic expectations, or as Andrew said, want this fixed yesterday and kind of give up too quickly.
3: Running is a back strengthening exercise. Running strengthens our body, not weakens it. Running doesn't pound our discs and wear out our cartilage. Running makes our back stronger when we run in a way that's healthy and functional so i'm totally on board with those goals and you know there's few set of circumstances that i'll give up on the ability to run without a good hard long fight
1: so andrew it sounds like in bruce you definitely found somebody who shared your goal and thought it was not only within reason but something that could essentially help you both tracks could come together essentially and help one another out i'm curious if there's a point in the treatment that you sort of felt like you got a breakthrough at some point that made you think man this is going to happen
2: yes it happened when he said to me i will have you running sooner than you think it was glorious it was angels from above singing to me i was so excited to hear that and i think i had only been in treatment a month or two when he said that
3: yeah that, that sounds about right Because it would be about a month or two before we cleared normal daily ADLs, and then we'd be introducing running. With this problem, running's a
1: positive, sitting's a negative. Yeah, and so many things we hear that, you know, the importance of staying moving and staying active when the pain is telling you not to.
3: No, it, it goes either way. Like I said, the back problems, running's a positive, sitting's a negative. I'll get them running before I'll get them sitting. And when my mean sitting, is like sitting normally without getting up. Sitting is harder on your discs than running. I believe it.
1: So Andrea, take me through from your perspective what your treatment consisted of. What was a challenge? You know, what was hard? How it felt?
2: First of all, the time commitment and the consistency. I needed to make the time and I needed to be consistent in my treatment. I had to be dedicated to it and once I was able to do that, which I did from the get-go, but just the actual exercises, some were very difficult and some I just had trouble with. I couldn't get them because I have a very perfectionist personality and I couldn't do these exercises perfectly because I was hurt.
1: We were confronting nerve damage. It's really hard to confront It was nerve frustrating. And yeah. remember which exercises gave you the most problem?
2: I think it was the hopping ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hopping and trying to stay in a position that I was supposed to stay in and balanced. And I was very unbalanced. The manual mobilization was very difficult. That was painful, too. It was not easy. The whole thing was hard. Just the exercises and the strength it took and the commitment, the, the concentration, it was exhausting.
1: By the time you went through those exercises, and now Bruce has you back to running faster than you expected, did running seem like a challenge?
2: It was fine. He started me with doing intervals, of course, not running the whole time. It was walking four minutes and running one minute, and that was a little frustrating for me because I just wanted to take off and run, but I followed the directions, and I did what I was supposed to do, and we gradually changed the intervals, and it was fine. It didn't hurt. I was very happy.
1: Bruce, was there a point at which you realized Andrew was going to make it through this? I mean, her goal is not just to run, but to run distance again.
3: Once we got through, let's say, phase two of normal mobility, you know, normal daily function, there was never a worry. But there's more to the story. As we worked on different distances and confronted other injuries, that we're both pre-existing to this injury just in how our bodies are, and when we challenge them, plus the nerve damage. You know, that was a factor through all accomplishments to this date. We have to remember the surgery doesn't take away the nerve damage. The surgery is to prevent further nerve damage, which is why we were so careful in the beginning. Andrea is careful to this
1: date. So if I'm hearing you correctly, does that mean that essentially the, the physical therapy expanded beyond treatment of this herniated disc problem into treating all these other factors that
3: Well, now we're moving forward to the marathon, we're moving forward over three years of a therapeutic relationship where we've gotten together periodically when we've hit barriers that much more related to running with partial paralysis and wanting to run the best in your life without it. We're not talking about fitness.
1: We're talking about the best I can do in my life. And so, Andrea, let's go back then to you running the intervals. At some point, you progress past that, and you're starting to think like a runner again. You're starting Mm -hmm. to, to look toward a marathon again. So when did you get back to marathoning first in general? How long did it take?
2: I ran a half marathon in March of 2012.
1: Did that, in retrospect, seem surprisingly fast? You were wanted it fixed yesterday, but considering where you were in January 2011, was it surprising to you to be back that quickly?
2: Absolutely, and I felt great. It was a great race.
1: And then when does the relationship change to what Bruce is talking about? When does it become about, okay, my back is fine or it's manageable. I know how to manage my back now. And when does it become about help me now in my quest to become the strongest runner I can be?
3: Can I answer that?
1: Sure. So
3: after Andrea ran the half marathon, I
1: own a running tech shop,
3: and, you know, I'm involved in the world of running, and I offered her an invitational slot to the New York City Marathon, because I thought she can do it. These slots are hard to get, and, you know, charity fundraising, it's thousands and thousands of dollars, so I offered that as a reward, or however we want to call it, you know, of hard work. And then Hurricane Sandy hit, and we didn't get to do the race. Then Andrea ran her best half marathon based on the training of the marathon and picked up an injury and took some work to get over it. We got over it. And then life got in the way for another year. And then this year, Andrea and I independently finished the New York City Marathon this
1: year. A big success for both of us. Huge. Huge. Yeah, with great pride. Yes. And so, Andrew, for you, I don't know if it's a fair comparison. Maybe it's like picking a favorite child. But, I mean, what does it mean now to sort of finish, say, the New York Marathon, given everything you've been through compared to the elation of the first one? Is it similar?
2: It was different in the fact that I had been working toward a marathon since 2011. And I think the harder you work for something, the more you appreciate it when you finally get it and it means that much more to you. I was in awe throughout the entire marathon. It was absolutely amazing that nothing hurt. Nothing hurt. My back didn't hurt. My legs didn't hurt. Nothing hurt. Mile 20, everything started to hurt really bad. I didn't enjoy the last 6.2 miles like I did the Disney one. The finish line wasn't quite as euphoric. I was just grateful to be done because I was feeling so bad. And it wasn't an injury bad. It was just my body was, I think, having a hard time dealing with the cold because I don't train in the cold I don't wear those kind of clothes to race in and I was very glad to be done but still so happy that I had done it and so proud that I had done it because I had worked so hard to get there and I had suffered a little bit of a setback six weeks before the race with a pesky shin injury but when you finish a marathon I mean you can't help but just be so proud and so excited that you were able to accomplish such an amazing goal.
3: Like I said, working together along the way (laughs) in a particular relationship. Yeah. A good therapeutic relationship is ongoing.
1: And so, Andrea, you know, going back to that morning when you wake up and you can't move and everything, you know, I'm sure at that point you'd give anything just to sort of be pain-free and be able to do the regular things in your life, you know, drive a car, brush your teeth, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you hadn't been able to get – back to running though i mean how much of a piece of you would you kind of feel like would have been taken away
2: oh wow that would have been really awful because that is a piece of me i it's don't even know if i want to imagine
3: the surgeries and, and interventions is not about return to running it's about returning to daily function and as a running specific PT, the intervention the traumatic interventions the invasive interventions is about the difficulty in daily function, not about the ability to run, which is why, as a running PT, I knew once I got daily function good and I got symmetrical mobility good,
1: I was getting running then. You obviously had confidence that she'd make a full recovery and get back to running. There's another part of it, too, and that's definitely we're getting to the heart of in Andrew's previous response, which is the emotional part of it. And I'm curious, as a PT, when you watch someone like Andrea who's not just going through the physical pain but the emotional frustration about what she can't do what does it mean to you to see her get back to running to see her be able to gut through the end of that New York marathon later well it's the reason I'm still doing hands-on manual therapy
3: for 33 years it's the reason I go to work that's what it's all about
1: So from the PT perspective, Bruce, I mean, what's the secret to a patient overcoming obstacles the way Andrea did? Is it buy-in? You know, what is
3: it? It's hard work and research and self-determination. She went to PTs doing redundant work and she was smart enough to figure that out.
1: And Andrea, for you, and let's close out with this, you're in a situation, if we look back, where surgery seems like the only option. As you said, you've tried so many other things and they haven't worked for somebody who's listening to this and they sort of seem to have an injury, whatever it is that they can't get past, what factor do you look into that how do you keep going, how do you reach out to Bruce and get the help that you needed?
2: I think that, unfortunately, we live in a society that is immediate gratification and people think that surgery will fix you, and I don't believe that. I think that it takes a lot of patience, and I'm not a patient person, so it really it takes a lot of inner strength to be able to do that and to just continue to find alternative ways through physical therapy to improve. I don't think people realize how remarkable the body is, and I would just say keep going, trying to find a solution without the surgery. Just try to find someone else who can help you through this.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's definitely an inspirational story. Andrew Parada, Bruce Wilk, thank you so much
0: for your time and for sharing it with us.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Move Forward Radio. You'll find other patient success stories and a health center for runners at moveforwardpt.com. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.